Welcome to Build Your Maverick Business, the podcast for underdog, outlier, and renegade entrepreneurs. Brought to you by Strange Creative Studio. If you dream of going off on your own and launching your rebel empire, but don't know where to start, you're in the right place. We'll teach you how to use mindset, branding, and practical advice to build a killer business and transform your world. And now, here's your host, founder of Strange, Alex Pitt. Hello, you lot. Welcome back. Welcome back to the second part of this Branding Beyond Your Logo series. I um, I had quite a a humbling moment when I was preparing to do this episode. And I'll tell you what happened. Of course, I'm going to. It's kind of what I do. So I like to listen to lots of podcasts. I like to read lots of articles. I watch a lot of webinars because I just like to learn, you know, especially when it comes to all of the things that I teach you. I had to learn a lot of it somewhere first. So I do a lot of research. And I was watching a webinar which I have to say, the content was great. It was really, really valuable content. The woman delivering it <laughs> was, I don't know if there's a polite way to put it, other than I found her really, really irritating. <laughs> you know, someone who just like, she'll say something really valuable, which takes her like 30 seconds within a sandwich of like five minutes of just doing silly voices and going, woo! And it's like, oh my God. This is too much. I was watching it first thing in the morning. I hadn't had enough coffee. And I was watching it in our office, in our home office, where Joe and I do most of our work. And our desks are sat back to back. So I was playing this out loud. He had his headphones on and off because he was doing some editing. And uh, he sort of said to me like, oh, God, that's a bit annoying, isn't it? And I said, I'm, honestly, she's doing my head in, but this is really, really valuable. So I'm going to stick with it. I really hope, by the way, that that isn't how people consume this podcast. But anyway, thank you for sticking with it if it is. So anyway, I finished watching this webinar. It's about an hour long. And uh, I finished and went on to the next thing, which was working on this week's podcast. And what I needed to do was because we're talking today about archetypes, we actually already have an archetypes episode that I brought to you quite a few weeks back now. And it's going to be different content today. I'm not just going to repeat the same thing to you. But what I needed to do was listen to the old episode just to make sure that I was bringing new content. This is going to be valuable stuff. And so I put the old episode on and I was listening away to it. At which point, Joe, with his back turned to me, just went, God, she is really annoying, isn't she? I was like, that's me, wanker. So yeah, I got some uh, some very humbling feedback from Joe. <laughs> Bless him, he didn't realise it was me. Um, I'm not going to think too hard on that because, yeah, don't want to pull at that thread. Anyway, <laughs> Bellend. I come to you this week with a new, refreshing, humbled attitude. And we are going to talk again about archetypes, but in a different way. So like I say, we've already done an episode on this. I'm not going to repeat myself, but what I am going to do is talk to you this week instead about the benefits of archetypes and why these are such an effective hack. This is why we always start with this when we work with our clients. And so that I'm not just rattling off all of the archetypes, why I'm not just going to list all of them again and go through, you know, the strengths, the weaknesses and the traits. What I've done, because I do like to spoil you, 
is we've created a PDF which has got all of the information. It's about 14 pages, a page for each archetype. And I've uploaded it to the Strange website so that you can have a little look through in your own time and think about your archetype. You are welcome. Okay, so that's there for you to consume. I will put a link to the document in the show notes of this episode. But what I want to talk to you about today is really the benefits of this, right? Why using archetypes in your branding is such a good thing to do and why it's such a good thing to do at this early stage before you start going into the other details. So I've got four reasons for you, four reasons why it is such a good thing to really get this work done at the start of building your brand. So just very quickly, before I get into that, to recap, if you haven't listened to the earlier episode, and please, I implore you, do that. Otherwise, a lot of this won't make sense to you. Brand archetypes are a set of 12 personalities. I'm doing my air quotes, you can't see that. 12 brand personalities, which when curated well, are a really effective starting point for nailing the remainder of your branding. Okay, Just really quickly, I am going to list them and then we're not going to go into the details of that anymore. I will just list them for you now and then you can look through the handout at your leisure. So they are the outlaw, the magician, the hero, the lover, the jester, the everyman, the caregiver, the ruler, the creator, the innocent, the sage and the explorer. Okay, tick that box. That's done. So the reason why this is such a good system for you to pay attention to, I've got four reasons for you. Number one, they build emotional connections. Okay, archetypes build emotional connections with your audience. Now, as I mentioned last week, businesses themselves are transactional. Okay, they offer you something in exchange for your money. With some brands, though, we feel a connection to them, which is not in any way reflective of a corporation making that transaction with you. We feel love, familiarity, comfort in some cases, right? This goes beyond that idea of people sitting in an office with accounts selling you things. So think, for example, about how fucking defensive some of us get on our side of the iPhone versus Android debate, okay? Everyone has a side And I feel like a lot of us have had the debate at some point where we really stick up for the corporation selling us these smartphones. I remember once watching a documentary about fashion brands where two best friends that they'd found in the street were debating Gucci versus Louis Vuitton as if it was some kind of like Montagues and Capulets feud. (laughs) They were taking sides and pledging their allegiance to these businesses who were selling them things. Things they probably almost definitely did not need. (laughs) Designer accessories, right? Remember the example I gave last week about the baker and the loaf of bread, right? This is the equivalent, these examples I've just given, are the equivalent of sacking off baker number one and queuing outside baker number two's premises overnight for the launch of the new sourdough loaf mini (laughs) 2.0. When you put it like that, it just sounds batshit insane, right? I realise I'm talking out of my ass a little bit there, very on brand for me. But the point is, in many ways, we're more loyal to certain brands that we feel that emotional connection with. 
So number two, coming back to that brand loyalty. When you feel that emotional connection to a brand, you're more likely to choose them over the competition. Now, I'll give you a real world example of this, which I talk about in Not Just a Pretty Logo, which is the coffee chain Pacinos. If you're from the UK or you've been to the UK and you've gone through a train station, you may have come across one of their kiosks. I'm pretty sure they operate exclusively within train stations in the UK. Now, there are quite a lot of these little chains that operate with the same model, right? They all have these little kiosks in train stations. And more often than not, you'll see more than one of them in your eye line as you're walking from one platform to another within a fairly small area of the station. Personally, if I see a Pacino's, I will always choose them over, say, a Costa, a Nero, a Wild Bean Cafe or any of those others to get my coffee. Not necessarily because the coffee is better. They are such a good example of a brand that nail the combination of two archetypes, right? The two archetypes that they absolutely nail are the jester and the innocent. I would describe their brand voice as like, shit your five-year-old would say. <laughs> right? their sparkling water. It's not called sparkling water. It's called fizzy rain. Their typography is really sweet and the captions on their products are so silly and cheeky. It's just cute and I love it. See, just did it again. I said I love a chain of coffee kiosks. Once that emotional connection is placed, the natural progression of brand loyalty is so much more likely. And number three, they're rooted in psychology. So the kind of origin of these archetypes it's traced back to the 1940s, Swiss psychologist Carl Jung. He developed a set of personality archetypes, all right? He believed that these were built into our brains. They are innate and they represent a kind of version of a person, an image of a person that goes beyond trends, beyond time, beyond language, beyond culture. Now, all of us recognize and relate to these archetypes and they influence how we behave, how we think and how we feel on a subconscious level. They're driven by our desires, by what we want. Now just to pause there, if you think back to the episode where I talk about who the hell is Max, right, about personas and why they are also such an effective tool in branding, but I'm going to come back to those later. Those are going to be an episode of their own within this series. Archetypes are not to be confused with personas. Okay, archetypes are inherent, deep-rooted within you. Persona, the word, comes from Latin. Listen to me quoting Latin in this fucking podcast. Persona literally means mask in Latin, okay? So personas are more about how we want the world to perceive us, what kind of groups we mix with, the media shit we consume, etc. Personas are more within our control, Whereas archetypes are more down to how we're wired, which is why they are so effective. So the way that our purchasing habits work is that we buy with emotion and justify it with logic. Okay, you know that whole process where you see something on ASOS, you've already decided that you want it, and then you start convincing yourself that this is going to change your life. Your emotional brain kicks in when you encounter something that you desire, something you feel that connection with, just like me with Pacino's. And you decide afterward all of the reasons why your brain should get on board with what your heart has already decided. So focusing on channeling that archetype, 
you're going to tap into that emotional selling stage, meaning that the rest feels a lot easier. Now, finally, and this is a really good one, and this is why I always do this first. They are a jumping off point for the rest of your strategy, right? Working out which of these archetypes, which of these 12 personalities that you most align with, that can serve as a kind of lens through which you filter the rest of your brand, from your voice to your design to the kind of products that you create even. Now, I have a great first person example of how I came across this in the real world one day, and it involves the everyman archetype. So I get targeted ads on Instagram, as we all do. And of course, one of my interests is branding. Shock horror. So one day I got a targeted ad for a free branding checklist from another agency. Let's call them Agency X. Now, Strange also have a free branding checklist. This lead magnet is very similar in terms of the content that we're putting out, you know, in terms of the value that we're giving to people who are going to download this. This brand... However, in contrast to Strange, we're absolutely an everyman. Okay, the everyman, I I really want you to go and look at this handout, but I'll give you a little overview into the everyman. They are also known as the regular guy. Now, remember how I talked a few episodes ago about Ron Seal does exactly what it says on the tin and how they're not selling their products only for professionals. They want the average Joe to know that if he has a paintbrush and a free afternoon, He can do exactly the job that needs doing with this product, right? He can paint the fence. I don't know if you remember those John Smith's beer adverts with Peter Kay. If you don't remember these, please look them up on YouTube. Like one of my favourites, there was a diving competition, right? They're in a pool and they've got the judges lined up watching people, these athletes do these dives. They're doing really elaborate, over-the-top moves. And Peter Kay takes his turn and just bombs off the edge drenches all of the judges (laughs) and gets full points and the caption is no nonsense right great example of an everyman and a jester archetype combination now coming back to this checklist i remember looking at it and thinking oh god this is boring now that's just me right there was no barrier to entry on this checklist it was for everyone there were primary colors simple language i was bored reading it I thought, this isn't for me. In contrast, our checklist, again, same content, just different presentation. Our checklist is all black and white, a bit grungy. The tone of language we use is more emotive. There are some swears in there, of course. The aesthetic is closer to something you'd find in a tattoo parlour than at a corporate event. On paper, when someone wants to purchase branding for their business, they can purchase from either Strange or Agency X, or many other agencies. But for the sake of this argument, Strange or Agency X. And at the end of it, they will end up with a brand strategy, a brand design. The output is the loaf of bread, right? The output is that they will still be full and they will have eaten bread. But the way that that offer is presented will filter out the audience whether or not they are interested in one thing or the other. I know I'm doing something right with my brand because the reaction people have to Strange is usually quite polarising. Either people love it or they hate it. Not many people are just meh, not indifferent. The brand that I've built is a magnet to some and repels others. 
those people who feel a strong pull towards the outlaw archetype, which is what strange are, are more likely to want to work with us. Those who don't feel that pull so much may feel alienated by it, just like I was by that other checklist. Now, just to clarify, I don't believe that Strange is doing better or worse than Agency X. And this is not to put them down in any way. In fact, I can imagine a myriad of people that I've met in the past who would be perfect clients for Agency X. I have to hammer home the idea that when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. To do this whole branding thing well, you need to acknowledge the kind of thing that will get your audience excited about your brand and feel a connection to it without getting into the specifics of your product. Okay, I've packed a lot in there. Go and have a look at the handout. Let me know what your archetypes are. And I will catch you here for part three next week. Got an idea for a maverick business of your own? Learn how to build a powerful brand that will get people obsessed with our online program, not just a pretty logo. You'll learn a simple step-by-step framework that will kickstart your killer brand and help you find your raving fan base. Find out more today at strangecreativestudio.com.